The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Blue Talks. Why that passion to talk about kindness come from? Where am I so, why am I so dedicated to talk about the power of kindness? And why do I want to empower others through kindness? That fervor, being that warrior of kindness, comes from two places. First of all, since I can remember as a child, I have been called too kind. <laughs> People would say, Barbara, you're too kind for this world. Barbara, people will walk over you. And they would say that I would never be successful in life because I was too kind. And I was asking myself, too kind? What is that, being too kind? Did I have to be less kind? What planet had I arrived? <laughs> A planet where you have to be unkind and tough to survive? The seven-year-old me was totally confused. And of course, life taught me some hard lessons, which made me understand why people would say that. But from a childhood, from a young age on, I decided that to never let the purity of my heart be poisoned by becoming unkind and unloving. But like most of us, while growing up, I adapted very much to this world and I tried to fit in more and more into the mold that we're all pushed in. I got a degree, got married, um, a good job and kids. Until one day, I was told by a doctor that I had six months to live. At the age of 32, I was diagnosed with a stage four skin cancer. At that time, I was running a construction business, happily married, um, the young mom of two toddler girls and a baby boy. And I was told that I would probably not end live until the end of that year. As you can imagine, that news came as a shock. It shook our entire existence. And the next months, I would go undergo several surgeries and a year of chemotherapy. And although I became physically very, very weak, I managed to stay very strong mentally. And how come? First of all, as a young mom, we are in some kind of survival mode. I was desperate <coughs> to see my kids grow up. And secondly, from that first night in hospital, I was asking myself, 
Okay, Barbara, you're, like Corey said, the response, you're in this horrible situation right now. What is within your power right now that you can help yourself? And I know there was one thing, one thing from my power, it were my thoughts. So I was committed to focus on positive and empowering thoughts only because I knew if I would go into depressed and despair thoughts, it would weaken me even more physically. And even if those would have been my last six months, I wanted to spend them in joy, love, and positivity. But fortunately, I survived and I recovered. And I needed, like some stories we heard here today, I needed that huge health crisis to put me back on track to become that passionate advocate of kindness. And it has become my mission ever since to shift our perspective that kindness is weakness. Because it is not. Kindness is not weakness. But for some reason, we have put love, kindness, compassion, which are the most beautiful attributes of us humans. We have pushed them in the corner of the so-called soft sentimentality. And nothing could be farther from truth. To be kind is to be powerful. It's to be calm, centered, and balanced. And let me first say, um, talk about the big difference between kindness and niceness. Kindness doesn't equal niceness. Niceness is taught behavior. We are nice out of conformity. We are nice to the pregnant lady in the bus. We get up, we open the door for the old man. But it's a behavior that comes from outside us. It's really imposed on us. Also, niceness is fear-based. We are nice because we fear conflict. We are even nice to our rude boss or to our rude spouse or wife out of fear. We fear that we might lose our job. We fear that our spouse or um, husband might leave us. And when we operate, let's say we smile out of fear to someone who is treating us disrespectfully, that is operating from a place of weakness. That is a very power, powerless place to be. And kindness, that powerful kindness, requires certain aspects. First of all, kindness requires understanding. Let's say you're at the supermarket, the cashier. She's grumpy. What does <coughs> kindness do? Kindness can look beyond the grumpiness. Sees that the grumpiness might be her current state of mind. And we take the effort to look at the human and beyond the grumpiness because we have a deeper understanding of human nature. Kindness also requires maturity. It's about being the bigger person in every single situation. And I vividly re remember reading a passage in the book, The Interrupted Life by Etty Hillison. 
Etty was a young Jewish woman during World War II in Amsterdam. And one day, as she is walking through the street, she is halted by a Gestapo, a Nazi soldier, who starts to humiliate her, who starts shouting and yelling. And as you can imagine, that was a life-threatening situation in that moment for her. But instead of going into fear and judgment, she could go beyond the shouting and the barking of the Nazi soldier. And she asked herself, which horrible things made you this person full of hate and anger? Can you imagine having that maturity to see that it's the anger and the hate of the other person that you are really in that life-threatening situation, you are not a victim? She could respond with kindness and compassion. That's something that I will always remember, like, whoa, if we would have more role models like that, who will model that for us, imagine how the world would look like in the end. So kindness also requires non-judgment. Judging is our second nature. We so easily judge. And you could say that judging is the easy choice. We go in the office, we have our bossy manager, our egoistic colleague, and automatically we judge. What do we do when we judge a person? We reduce that person to our judgment. And we don't see the full human anymore. Even if we judge a person for his political or religious view, we reduce that person to his political choice. So if we take the effort to open up and see the full human again. What does kindness do? Kindness builds bridges. How powerful is that? So, kindness has a very powerful aspect. But mostly, what I think is that kindness is its own reward. By doing acts of kindness, by being kind, you not only create that ripple effect in the outside world, you create a similar inner effect in yourself. Because when you are kind, you are fully connected with who you are. People who operate from a place of arrogance, rudeness, aggressiveness, superiority, are people who wear a mask and who unfortunately think they need that mask to survive in the world. They are completely disconnected with who they truly are. Kindness, on the other hand, is a powerful choice. Being kind is a gift to yourself by being kind. And let me share a story out of the Book of Joy, uh, which is a, a series of dialogues from the Dalai Lama with Desmond Tutu. And there's one particular story that I will never forget. So the Dalai Lama um, tells a story about a visit he got by a Tibetan monk. That Tibetan monk had been imprisoned unjustly by the Chinese for more than 18 years. So His Holiness the Dalai Lama, with all of his compassion, asked that Tibetan monk so. 
what was the hardest part for you for being in prison? I'm just thinking that a Tibetan monk would talk to him about torture. And you know what that Tibetan monk replied? The biggest danger that I faced was losing my compassion for the Chinese. Can you imagine being imprisoned almost 20 years unjustly? And let me extend that to kindness. I think the biggest threat for humanity is the loss of kindness. So we have seen now that kindness is not niceness. It doesn't equal niceness. Kindness builds bridges and breaks cycles. It requires maturity, understanding, non-judgment. And um, it is mostly its own reward. But let me take that kindness, extended, a powerful kindness, extended to make different choices for our, our future. Let kindness inspire us to choose collaboration over competition. For millennia, our entire society has run on competition. From childhood on, we are pushed to compete. We have to be the first, the best, the prettiest, the smartest. And that creates that atmosphere of pressure from the outside. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with striving for excellence. But striving for excellence is the other way around. It comes from inside you and you blossom instead of being pushed to be the so instead of wanting, that's what we are taught, pushing other people down to be the first. Let's do the other way around. Let's support others. Let's lift others. And that's how we will rise. So collaboration will save humanity. Let kindness also inspire us to no longer want to dominate. We have been dominating our planet, dominating others for so long. And as you can see, I made two columns there. Like the past, the choices were fear-based. The others are kindness-based. Domination, wanting to feel superior, to be more than someone else, is truly fear-based. If you need your title, your degree, some kind of material possessions to be someone. It means that you don't feel worthy as you are now without all of that. So instead, let's choose reverence. Reverence for life. Reverence for all life forms. That is our, that is a deep understanding from, for our place in the universe. That reverence. Knowing that we are all one. And once we know that we are all one, domination becomes oblivious. What should we dominate? We're all we're part of the whole. So let kindness also inspire us to no longer choose exploitation. We have been using other people, the planet, 
as our commodity. Choosing exploitation is fear and scarcity based. You want to take, take, take more and more because you think you will never have enough. If you choose nurturing, it is about respecting and nurturing what is already there. It's about recognizing the, the abundance, the richness, which is there. And how beautiful is this? What kindness can lead us to for the future? And I think that the 21st century will be the century where the heart regains its place. The future will be kind or will not be at all. Kindness is the future. Since childhood, I have been called too kind. Some even called me naive and chuckled. What they might oversee is that it is exactly the kindness, love, and compassion in my heart which have brought me the biggest fulfillment and joy and purpose in life. What they might forget is that life is about touching other people's lives in a positive way. It's about building that legacy. And even though I felt alone on the path of kindness for so long, every day I see more and more people fully grasping that kindness is not weakness. And I know the world can be a dark place at times, but I have always felt that the darkness is an invitation for us So, if today, each one of you could be mindful about making more kindness-based choices, what a difference would that make? How would it change our future? Not only for us, but especially for next generations. It is my true hope that after today, when somebody tells you, oh, Kindness is weakness, that you know better. That you know that kindness, a kind person, kindness is a sign of a more obedient human. It is my true hope that we all become role models of powerful kindness. And in modeling that for, for future generations, that we start to value loving kindness higher than anything else. It is my true hope. And at the same time, my invitation for you today to join the movement of warriors of powerful kindness. Thank you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.